are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. second week of a series called Above and Beyond, uh, and today is giving God's indescribable gift. The main idea that Paul uh, writes about to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is that giving is God's indescribable gift to us, and when we give, it sets into motion what only God can do in our lives. Last week, um, we began Above and Beyond series, and Paul had given an appeal to the church at Corinth. He writes to them, and he writes about the Macedonian church that was in a severe uh, ordeal of affliction and poverty, and how they begged for the opportunity to give to the saints in Jerusalem to meet their needs. So we have a video this morning Let's watch this. By the way, this is on version. It's a free Bible app. There are, it, they're almost at 500 million uh, people that have downloaded this app. What that means is that approximately one in every 14, one in every 15 people in the world now have the version Bible app. I highly recommend it. There's a uh, there's a devotion every morning. There's a number of Bible reading plans you can do. I like to read through the Bible in a year. And at the beginning of every book of the Bible, there's a video like this that, that is an overview of that particular book of the Bible that sort of helps, helps bring it all together for you. So let's watch uh, this, uh, this video clip. Paul writes in... 1 Corinthians 9, 15, he said, but thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. In other words, words that can't describe this gift from God to us. There are occasions in life where we have experiences that are indescribable. Have you ever found a time where you just say, words fail me uh, at a tragic loss or the death of someone? How many have ever... You just don't know what to say. Words fail us. It's in, indescribable. But there's also joyous occasions that are indescribable. Um, if, if you are on Facebook, you'll see a lot of moms with their little kids. It's indescribable. They're telling a story, but words can't describe. We have a little four-year-old, uh, and he is a total pistol. Uh, the other night, Friday night is family night, pizza night, but we had fried chicken the other night, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> so the little four-year-old was disconsolate. He couldn't wrap his mind around 
fried chicken instead of pizza. And he told someone, he said, I need someone to cheer me up. Like, <laughs> and then, you know how these family gatherings go. Sometimes they can go south in a hurry. But I've watched my daughter and that little boy I've watched him be a total pistol. I've watched the meltdowns. How many are tracking with me right now? But I've also watched when that little boy comes out of that and he looks at his mommy's eyes and there's just this connection. He just looks into her eyes and there's this pride that comes and it's like, that's indescribable. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Well, there are some things in life that are indescribable. And Paul talked about this gift that God has given to us, not only the gift of salvation and the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, but the gift of giving that, that we can participate in and what it does and what it brings in our life is absolutely indescribable. As I was uh, uh, preparing and praying and Wednesday night in our prayer service, we we're praying through the scripture and what came to my mind is a mouse on the sort of the treadmill. You, you know that thing that, yes, and, and, and it could be a rat or it could be me. I mean, you just, the faster you go, you know what I'm, you feel you finally got it and it comes and you got to keep going faster and faster and faster and it's exhausting. This is what Paul writes about and I want to share with you that he has a better plan for our life. It's indescribable. It's to give us that thing that Paul would write later in Philippians 4.11. He said that contentment with godliness is great gain. Or he wrote uh, uh, there, he said, I have learned in every state to be content. He wrote to Timothy that contentment with godliness is great gain. When we live out the grace of giving, there's some things that take place in our life. And uh, I want to share those with you this morning. The first is this in the scripture. God loves the cheerful giver here, there, and everywhere. Verses 6 and 7. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The indescribable gift of God at its very heart is this, that when we participate in response to God's gift to us, we move into another realm. We move into God's realm where he makes things happen in our life to fill us with joy and fulfillment and contentment. So what is a cheerful giver? Well, Paul described it. It's not reluctantly giving. It's not giving under compulsion. It's not um, feeling bad about it. It's, it's none of those things. But cheerful giving is cheerful, obviously. It's joyous. It's ready. The word that's used here is actually hilaros, which is the root word for hilarity. And friends, there is a hilarity 
in giving when God prompts us is absolutely terrific. It's just, it's this, the, without, without restraint, if you would, when we're reluctant, when we give under compulsion because we feel that if we don't, someone will be upset, it robs, it robs generosity of its loveliness and the joy that God has for our life. And so Paul says that when we give cheerfully to the Lord, that the law of sowing and reaping goes into effect. The law of sowing and reaping, Luke 6, 38. The words of Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Now how many know these are the words of Jesus? That every promise of the book of mine, give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, for by your standard of measure it will be measured to you in return. When we enter the grace of giving, God puts into our life the effects of the law of sowing and reaping. And it works like this. This past, this past week, um, I shared with some of the folks a wonderful gift that Grace received. Wonderful gift. As many of you know, we've been working on, on the, the Bel Air Assembly of God that was a church and parsonage of property that was given to us. And we want to see that used for the praise of his glory. We, we just, we, we're, I'm just really excited about this whole ordeal. However, we've been working since September 9th, Saturday, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday morning again. And so I just started to sense we have about 500 man hours of volunteer hours in that. We've done a lot of work. And um, so the last coat that we have to put on the drywall, that's the third coat, is, is well, that's the finished coat. And not everyone can do that. Just like not everyone in church that says they can paint can paint. You know what I'm saying? So, yes. There's a, how many know there's a difference between slopping it on and getting it on where it's supposed to go? How many know that there is a difference there? Just covering and training is two different things. Okay, so uh, you, you will rarely hear me say, hey, let's all show up. How many can, how many can paint? Let's all go for it. No, we, so we, just like we don't say, how many can work in the nursery? How many know that's a special skill set, you know? And there, and there are some people you just don't want in the nursery, okay? So, so I called up Andres Litsema. Andres Litsema is a, is, was a general contractor, wonderful brother, and his, and his father is a pastor, and Andres now is a church planter in inner city Baltimore. And he has left the general contracting field, but he does really good work. And I, had, I called him and I said, hey, Andres, hey, brother. And we support him monthly as a church. We, we believe in what he's doing. Do you think you'd come up and give us a day to put the final finish coat on this, on the, uh, on the uh, drywall? and then we'll get ready to paint it. And I said, I would so appreciate it because I'm sensing people are getting weary. And I was sensing, first of all, that I was getting weary. So you know what I'm saying? So he said, yeah, Pastor Paul, sure. 
he said, you have blessed me and my dad, and he's done work for us before. And when the basement was flooded, there was like $80,000 worth of damage, and he really does nice work. And so, and he painted almost most of all, of, uh, so much of, a lot of, rather, in the gen now, he, he painted that. So he said, yeah, Pastor Paul, no problem. I'll be there 8 o'clock Wednesday morning. And so uh, Josh and I met him, Pastor Josh and I met him at 8 o'clock on Wednesday morning. And uh, he said, it'll probably take me a day or a day and a half. I get a call a little bit at around 1 o'clock, and he said, I'm finished. I said, oh, that's great. He said, yeah, your volunteers do really nice work, he told me. Instead of a day, can you give yourself a hand? You know, yeah, you did really well. He was so surprised. And he said, I've talked with my dad, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to finish this drywall, and we're going to paint the inside walls of the entire building for you for you guys, just to sort of lift some of that burden. So you see how that thing works? God loves a cheerful giver. I didn't ask him to do any of that. God knows just what we need, when we need it. And how many uh, can say, thank you, Lord? I mean, that's a big deal, painting primer coats and two other coats. And, and I just, I thank, Lord, thank you for your indescribable gift. And it gave us just a chance for a breather for a little while. And he says, then you can focus on some other things. The law of sowing and reaping is God's plan, and we receive the benefit of it. It's here, but it's also there, and it's everywhere. In Philippians 4, 16 and 17, Paul wrote these words. He said, for even in Thessalonica you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek the profit which increases to your account. And so when we give, Jesus said we lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot corrode and a thief can never break in and steal. Now how many like that? Yeah. I mean, it is impervious. It's eternal in heaven. But Paul said this, that when you give, he said, there's a profit which increases to your account. God keeps books differently than you and I do, praise God. It's indescribable when we give. You see, some people think of giving like they do food. I'm going to eat the food and it's gone, and then i got to go buy more food at the grocery store. Well, Hey, do you ever think where the food comes from in the grocery store? The potatoes, someone has planted that. The vegetables, the fruit. And the way God has designed this, the seed that he's given to us, we eat some, but we have an opportunity to invest some to give in his kingdom and God lays that or counts that to our credit in heaven, to our account, praise his name. And so what that means is that um, it helps spread the gospel, the homeless that we minister to, the, the extreme makeover in Bel Air Assembly of God, our mission, so many of those things uh, are all something that we can say, Lord, if God prompts us in our heart, Lord, yes, we want to participate in that. I want to show you this little buddy barrel this morning. How many know what a buddy barrel is, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me, this is what a buddy barrel is. 
Um, I've been holding these in my hand since I was a kid. And they used to be made out of birch trees in the state of Maine. And what it is, it's an Assemblies of God program because we're missions. We're all about God's missions. And we teach giving and helping missionaries and sowing the seed of the gospel in places that we've never seen before. So this, and then the kids, the, the kids and kids blast, some of you, they I've seen a number of them come in this morning. Speed the light, they give, that's the youth, they give to provide missionaries, um, cars and boats and sound systems, and some misses airplanes and you name it. That's what we're about as the Assemblies of God. And a giving church is a strong church. How many understand that? That's why the Assemblies of God is uh, and fellow Bible-believing churches during the pandemic were actually growing. And I believe it's because we were giving and we're responding to the Lord and God's blessing was on us. So this morning I went over here and I noticed, I'll just call him a little, uh, or Crystal's little boy. Yes, and he had this thing. This is not his, but he had this thing. And I can't tell you, it melted my heart. Because what the grace of giving does when we disciple our children at an early age, it softens their heart towards the things of God. It opens their innermost being to be compassionate to other people so that God can bless that. And this is given, we don't keep any of it. This all goes. We don't, we just handle what the Lord has given to us. The second thing I want to share with you is this, is that God is able. He makes all grace abound to us. Trust him. Let's read verses eight and nine. And God is able. Would you say with me, God is able? And if, this morning, if you're uh, online, live streaming through Facebook or website, we just put in the comments, God is able. God is able. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattereth abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. And this is a quote from Psalm 112.9. I just encourage you to read a Psalm 112. It talks about the blessing of the man or woman who follows the Lord and the blessings that God does in their life. So the second thing that makes all grace abound to us, trust him in that. He is able. He's able not just to make salvation grace abound, but he's able to overflow in every area of our life. God is able. God is able. He's able. When our words cannot describe a situation, we can say these words, God, you are able. We can encourage a brother or sister, God is able. I heard a report this morning from just a dear brother and sister that have been with Grace since the earliest days, some 
physical things that are going on has just caught them by surprise and, and it has hit them so hard and words failed us, but all I could do was put my arm around them and say, but God is able. We're going to stand with you. We're going to walk with you because church, the grace of God flows to us in every situation. Can you say praise God? God is able where we're not able God is able to make a way when there is no way. God is able. He's able to overflow in us and through us. He is our provider. God's overflow to us, Paul said, he gives us sufficiency in everything and abundance for every good deed. I, I have to say that um, one of the benefits of the grace of giving is that it lowers our expectations of what we need to be content. Yes, yeah. When we, when our uh, daughters were growing up in our house, uh, they got allowances and they did chores and they got allowances and that we taught them that there was a, there, there's a reward. Uh, you do chores, you get paid for it. I did something that some educators, I, I guess, don't like. I, I guess I was ruining their lives, but I'd give them... <laughs> I'd give them, for every A they got on their final report card, I'd, if they got all A's, I'd give them $5 for every A. Say, some said, oh, you, well, you shouldn't do that. That's it. You work for money. I think it's good, right? I think it's good. So, man, we got ready, and I we keep it uh, just before vacation. We'd take a family vacation every summer. We'd love to go in the ocean. And I'd line them up, and I'd do the same thing with my grandkids. I don't think it's ruining them. Whether it is or not, they sure look forward. You know, and I opened that wallet, and I said, here you go, here you go, here you go. And I don't tell, they all know what they got. I don't, I don't pick what grandchildren get straight A's and what don't. I, you know, I'm a grandpa. How many hear what I'm saying? You know what I, yes, yes. And so... But we taught our girls from an early age, we had three jars, Jesus, spend, and save. And your allowance or whatever income you have, you put 10% of that into the Jesus jar, right there. Then the next jar, take the next 50%, uh, if it's a dollar, put 50 cents in the save jar. Now, how many, how many wish you could save 50% of everything you're making, right? You know what I'm talking about. But we're teaching them what I call core uh, biblical principles of how to be a good steward and enjoy the benefits of this gift God has given. Then there we had 40 cents. Go and spend it on whatever you want. Cotton candy, I don't care. Spend it on whatever you want. Plus, if you work hard, you're going to get a reward at the end. And God is able to overflow to us and everything. But giving lowers our expectations of what we think we need. I was talking with someone this past week. My wife and I were talking with someone, and I don't know how we got on it. And, he, <clears throat> and we got on the subject of a boat. By the way, how many know the two happiest days in a boat owner's life? How many have heard that? The day you buy it and the day you sell it. Someone said that boat, B-O-A-T, stands for bankruptcy on a trailer, Okay. I've had one since 1997, and I just want to, I really enjoy it. And 
their eyes lit up and you have a boat. It's like, I think they were thinking like a $100,000 boat. No, mine's 20 some years old, okay? But I don't need that. I personally don't need a $100,000 boat. Crabbing, fishing with my grandkids or friends or some, and some uh, ministry colleagues. We just have a blast out there. How many know godliness with contentment is great gain? And when we put the Lord first, it lowers our expectations of what material things that we need to be satisfied. He overflows to us. I want to show right now a Builders International video, and let's watch this. This is the island of Tana, among the 80 other islands of Vanuatu, deep in the South Pacific. The first missionaries who arrived in Vanuatu were cannibalized, paving the way with their own blood for other missionaries to come. The country is steeped in customs that have been intact for hundreds, even thousands of years. Our missionary partners, Sam and Lisa Paris, along with their four children, are pushing back the darkness today as they minister to many people living in villages throughout Tana. In 2015, Sam and Lisa Paris answered the call to serve as missionaries on the island of Tana. Since then, their family of six wakes up every day covered in ash from a nearby volcano. They live in a home of only 480 square feet. And yet, God has endured their hearts to the people. And their vision and ministry opportunities have continuously grown. Years ago, God birthed a vision in the Paris' heart to travel with their family to minister to the people of Tana. They have faced many challenges, ranging from the remoteness and inaccessibility of the island to acceptance by tribal leaders. But today, God is opening doors and expanding their ministry. Let's let Sam take us there. This day, he journeyed village to village and was met by a chief's son who led him to his father's hut. Just as we were about to finish our trek, we came across one last isolated village. First, we introduced ourselves. Then the chief's son told me, he has been waiting for you. Next. He led us to a hut in the corner of the village. Inside, we were met by a village elder who was blind. He told us he had a dream about last night. In the dream, he saw two men. He said he knew they were men who belonged to God. Next, he saw the men visiting him in his hut. With tears falling down his face, he told us he had been waiting for us. Since then, God has not stopped moving. Sam and Lisa's prayer has been that God would show up in a tangible way, and that is what he has done. There are still a multitude of challenges that face the Paris family. That is why we are coming alongside the Paris family to build the Tana Mission Center. And right now we're standing on the property for the Tana Mission Center, and things are getting really exciting. Right behind us, we've got the slab for the coordinating center that's already poured, and we're prepping the slab on the other side for the mission's house. We're so excited. 
for this property, for these buildings, and all of the ministry that's going to flow out from here. The Tana Mission Center is now under construction. It will provide a safe place for their family and make room for their expanding ministry opportunities. But the work is not. There was a, a, a meal, a dinner in Baltimore and also nine other cities across the United States and they had pastors uh, go. I wasn't able to go. Pastor Bobby wasn't able to go. So Josh Smith went and uh, since Josh isn't married, they want, you know, wanted you to bring your, your spouse and uh, so we had Tannic go. Where's Tannic and Josh? Let me see. Yeah, yeah. Was that a good time or what that night? Yeah, so Tannic comes back, and this is the, the he said, oh, Pastor Paul and Josh, I am blown away when I see what we're, what we're doing and what God is doing, right? And so the appeal went that, that night, and, and then Josh, the next day, he said, well, what should, what should I give, you know? And, uh, or what's your grace give? And uh, so we gave, we, we gave uh, $2,000 to this. They raised $135,000 that night, right? Can you say praise the Lord? Yes, yes. And then I heard Danik and Josh also that the food was just out of this world. That's a whole different story, yeah. But listen, what you have given, what you have given to grace, this grace of giving, Paul talks about that the righteous person, the righteous man, the righteous woman, the righteous church scatters their seed abroad. How many hear what I'm saying? The power is in the seed. The power is in the seed. And so today, that over in that island of Tana and those, those places where the villages are isolated and there, was no God, there is no gospel witness, there is now a church more than one church is being raised up, but you and I have a part of that. How many hear what I'm saying? We're, we've invested, we've scattered our seed, and Paul went on to say this, that when the righteous person scatters his seed to the poor, when he gives where the need is, this is what he says, his righteousness will endure forever. That, friends, that's talking about a legacy. That's talking about a legacy. Psalm 112.9, where Paul got that from, says his horn will be exalted forever. In other words, the horn was a symbol of strength in the Old Testament. And when we enter this indescribable gift of God, when we give not just for us, not just to feed that endless treadmill, but we are moved with compassion, the, our strength is exalted forever, praise his name. Well, that's the indescribable gift of God, praise his name. Josh, would you bring the worship team up if you would? Finally, I want to read verses 10 through 15. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgiving to God. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ 
and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. While they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. We reap a rich harvest of righteousness in everything. Our lives take one of two paths. One is a path of following our own way. The other is the path of turning our life over to God. And he walks beside us. He becomes the good shepherd of our life. It's called the path of righteousness, not because we're righteous. None of us here are righteous in ourselves. But the righteousness of Jesus Christ is now ours. It's imputed to us because of his forgiveness of our sins. And when we, when we give, it increases the harvest of our righteousness. We're enriched in everything. Paul reminded us again, God supplies and he multiplies. I, I talked with a, a man this week, some of you, some of you know him, Christian brother. He repairs appliances. He's got an outstanding voice. Many of you have had him in your home to repair your refrigerator, your freezer, like we have. Mark Martin's his name. Highly recommend him. And I called him about something today, and he said, Brother, can I share something with you? He said, I, I lost my father just a few weeks ago. He was up in his 80s, and he just was losing it. When I say losing it, his, his mind physically and chemically was, was not functioning the way that we wanted to. But Mark was with him as, as he's drawn his life to a close. And remember, this is a guy that loved to sing. And he was out of it. But he said, oh, can you hear them singing? Can you hear them singing? Can you hear them singing? He was talking about, listen, the heavenly choir of angels in heaven. I'm telling you, God enriches us in everything. Not just here and now, but he gives us, when that time comes, a wide open entrance into the kingdom of heaven forever and ever where we're in the presence of the Lord and filled with his joy. It's something to look forward to. Enriched in every way for everything. It's his indescribable gift to us. Paul said that, he said that when we do, it glorifies God. He said your liberality demonstrates to those people that we're all in this thing together. We're all in this thing together. Those people in Wana, those people whose ancestors cannibalized our missionaries have now come to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll never see them in my lifetime, 
But I'm telling you, we're in this thing with them. How many understand that? We're not just the wealthy American church and we're going to use it all for ourselves. We're in this thing with them to scatter our seed so that people can be blessed and know Jesus Christ, so the need can be met. A year ago this Sunday, I missed my first service due to illness that I, it had been a long, 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 long time. It's because just a few days prior to this, I was diagnosed with COVID. I'll never forget, I was over at Riverside. They shoved those things up my nose. Said, Holy mackerel. It reminded me of my mom washing my ears out as a kid. I mean, like, ream that baby out to make sure there's no germs left in those orifices. Oh, my. And, and I, but I had to get that test, and I, I just figured I had the flu. And I'll never forget when she came back in. She said, I... I'm sorry, but the test came back positive. It slammed me like hitting a brick wall at 60 miles an hour. Because I, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I'd seen all the pictures on television. I'd seen all that. It was a scary moment. And I just said, God, I don't know if this is it or not, but we're going to trust you. We're going to trust you. But during that time, during that time, you ministered to me. Now, people will look and say, oh, well, you know, Pastor Paul, you're big, you're strong, you know. Oh, no, 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 no. We come, there's times in life. And someone would text or someone would call, they'd call my wife, call me and say, hey, we're going to bring some vitamins over. Zinc and all the other things, vitamin D and all those things. And the doorbell would ring and they'd set it on the front porch and then they'd leave. They didn't want to get what I had. They brought over O2 sensors and they brought over all these things. Listen, I gave glory to God for you all at that time because you were meeting the need. And none of us know when we're going to be in need. How, how many know that? Yes. And so Paul said, he said, when we give, it brings glory to God. The Westminster Confession, the short catechism says that man man, and today it would be man or woman's or humanity's main end is to bring glory to God, give glory to God and enjoy Him forever. We have an indescribable gift that, that you, me, I, Paul Drost, who is nothing against the loveliness and the holiness and the righteousness of God, that I could bring glory to God with my life. But more than that, I can enjoy God. Not, oh no, God's mad at me. Oh no, what have I done? Oh no. Or check off the box on Sunday morning. But friends, God's will and plan is that we can enjoy God. Yes. So the Lord says, trust me. Trust him. The one who supplies seeds to the sower. The one who sent his son, Jesus Christ, who was rich but became poor for our sake, that we might become rich in him. He just says, trust me today. Praise God. Praise his name. Amen.
thank you, Lord, for your indescribable gift. Praise God. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? I want to ask this morning, how many here, you, you need a touch from the Lord in your life right now. You need God's grace to flow to your life. Would you raise your hand? I need God's grace. Yes. Yes. I see all over. Yes. Now, secondly, how many would say today I want to receive Jesus Christ in my life and the free gift of salvation? Would you raise your hand right now? Just wherever you are, just raise your hand. I want to receive Jesus and his free gift of salvation in my life. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise his name. Heavenly Father, as we go into communion, I pray for each individual. Lord, you saw our hands. Lord, as we lift our hands, we ask for your grace to flow in every area of every life. In Jesus' strong name.